welcome to another episode of You Never Forget Your First, otherwise known as Wine FYF. This episode's kind of strange. It's probably our most cerebral episode yet. Uh, we thought it would be fun to ask, can AI direct films? Which sort of morphs into, should AI direct films? Which is bolstered with some insanely philosophical chat, mostly fueled by Ben Ass and Louis, who can't seem to agree on human consciousness. Yeah, it's that kind of episode. Probably our most crazy one yet, and the edit died on me like three different times, so hopefully everything that's meant to be in there is in there. You know, AI has long been depicted in cinema as some sort of ominous or controlling entity that will eventually kill all humans. And whilst that could be the case someday, we all interact with AI on a daily basis now, so the question of if it can make a film seems worth exploring, however frightening that might be. This episode was recorded last year, so if there's any reference to anything from 2021, that is the reason why. I have even had dreams. Human beings have dreams. Even dogs have dreams, but not you. You are just a machine. An imitation of life. Can a robot write a symphony? Can a robot turn a canvas into a beautiful masterpiece? Can you? Um, all right, should we kick this boy, bad boy off? Yeah, into something. I'm, I'm feeling the vibes from everyone. Everyone's just like, yeah, I, Are we done? I guess. Yeah. Can I, I, guess can I go to so. bed now? I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> Sorry. Later. Let's get the show on the road. Let's do it. Even though we're basically recording anyway, so hello, welcome to the pod. Finish We've my been recording for about five minutes already. <laughs> well, Louis finishes his chocolate, Sparrow tells us some clangers, and Benas has some noir lighting going on with a shadow against the wall. <laughs> uh, welcome to the pod. This is another. Uh, this is another episode. I don't, what are we calling these apps? These just a kind of. I thought it was monster apps. Monster, <laughs> monster of the week. That's really yeah. confusing because we do have a monster episode. <laughs> we do. We have two monster episodes. We yeah. have monster and monsters. Oh I think gosh, we'll yeah. call these the uh, the filmmaking apps, just to just mm-hmm. to make it make it really fun and not boring. <laughs> <laughs> Benas is going to be serving some peeps at some distilleries. Yeah, yeah shout out to to Benas. Potentially even making some, um, like actual stuff. We'll making start. some oh. making some what fat stacks. Hang on, we should we should clarify. We should clarify. Benas has got a new job working at a distillery, and Um, it sounds like he might be able to make a a pod specific whiskey that we can have during the pod, right? Yeah, I was made from the tears of debut directors. Exactly, (laughs) I was very inspired by the film Drinking Buddies, that is all set in a brewery. So I was like, oh, that's one of them jobs I want to get. I've had that recommended as a as pin up mumblecore. Dude, it is. It's just like I don't think there was a script. It was just like, is it it good? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it because it, it is kind of it. like just kind of like you said, mumblecore type of film. So if if you're into those, um, it's it's got this very lax attitude about it. Like it's not trying to be something you know bigger than people working in a distillery brewery, sorry, uh, and just shooting the shit up. Um, I I uh, Jake J- Johnson, yeah, Jake Johnson, I think that's his name, main character, uh, main actor's name. Um, who I find very interesting to watch. He's like a indie version of Oscar Isaac. Sounds like film has been giving back to you. Like <laughs> Always has, jobs. man. Always has. <laughs> Give and take. Yeah. In the spirit... Oh, hang on. <laughs> I just realised I haven't actually introduced any everyone. <laughs> um, I'm called Idombot on this episode. I'm joined by Iroban. 
Which yeah, that just sounds like. Yeah, that sounds like an actual name. There's probably a, a Robin. Robin out there who I'm taking this out of now. Oh. For, for all the Robins out there, you're represented on our pod. <laughs> there you go, I guess. I'm joined by Big Hero Six, aka Sparrow. Hello. I'm kind of confused why you didn't call it Big Hero Sparrow, but... Yeah, I was trying to stay true to the film. Yeah. And I'm joined by Looper Califragilistic Espialidocious, hey, a.k.a. Louis, of which his right. name has got nothing to do with AI, but I'm just going to put it out there. Well, well, <laughs> um, yeah, this week's episode, Monster of the Week episode, filmmaking episode, whatever Ruben is going to email us and tell us what we should be, <laughs> what it should be called episode, uh, is called Can AI Write and Direct? I thought this would be a good title and a good exploration because... I feel like AI has infiltrated so many parts of our lives without us really knowing. And I guess we're going to get into it a little bit, but I was curious how much it has taken over filmmaking. Stuff that I did not know about in researching this episode, which is just crazy. But I feel like the ultimate question is, can AI write and direct? But before we go into it, I was actually going to say, AI and films is like so linked already. Like I feel like there's been... But, you know, recent films like Ex Machina, Her, um, you know, Upgrade, which was the film that AI <laughs> recommended. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's all it's all kind of in there. Well, isn't it's it? always been a, it's always captured the imagination, hasn't it, for storytelling? People are just constantly obsessed with like computers and um, AI, and just kind of questioning almost like ever since the you know the invention, let's say, of computer, they've kind of always been throwing challenges at it, whether it's to go on the internet whether it's to kind of like can can ai you know uh or the cheering test yeah can can it can ai become human can it can it help humans can like elon musk you know with the whole brain implant so it's always been fetishized almost to, to the point of like i don't know it's kind of steampunkish in a, in a way but like i don't i don't mm. see the need as maybe as much as everyone else but yeah i, I don't really see the need to um to let ai into kind of our daily lives as much as let's say elon musk with his his you know brain implant chip i can i i can understand why let's say he would want to do it because it's like he's like oh we're we're just too slow at learning um so i can see why uh, and you know like with stuff with like with the matrix again everyone has this kind of like existential crisis almost so they're like oh am i not actually in control of myself is you know simulation yeah. or like terminator when it's yeah. like yeah yeah gonna, so it's you know, I, I, judgment I, day yeah, very, very much i so. feel one of the i feel one of the the origin this is slightly different to terminator but one of the origins certainly i think this is relevant maybe in 2001 a space oddity like back in the 60s and 70s was this kind of fear that someday computers or technology would get to the point where it's independent and then better than humans um and obviously we're kind of it's very much a kind of possibility now but back then it was this it, it wasn't a possibility and it was just this kind of big scary sci-fi thing um, i think that was potentially one of the origins of it um of it becoming popular in sci-fi that's kind of an interesting point because i feel like it's infu- infiltrated our everyday lives so much like we all haven't you know most of us have an alexa in our house most of us have like apps on our phones that run on ai like we interact with it every day it almost feels like now it's become so every day it's starting to see it's starting to kind of relax us about the actual possibility that it could become conscious i think one of the um i think i think one of the things big things with ai is that it's it doesn't necessarily take the form in reality that it's always taken in fiction so it's always taken in fiction it's always taken the form of robots right humanoids and so you get this kind of like really really personified form of of, of technology 
in that being what artificial intelligence means. But you're right, Dom. Artificial intelligence is in our lives in lots of ways at the moment. They just don't exist as kind of, you know, two legs, two arms robots in the way that they did in sort of classic sci-fi films. Well, I think I think this is worth maybe just... I'm going to recite the definition of AI that I found, which might help, which is artificial intelligence is wide-ranging is a wide-ranging branch of computer science concerned with building smart machines capable of performing tasks that typically require human intelligence. Yeah. So yeah. there's like a level of automation behind that to some degree because it's like doing stuff we maybe don't want to do. But I guess when you start thinking about it in like, can it be creative can it think for itself and all this kind of stuff yeah i guess that's why it's why filmmakers have loved making films about it because it's almost like can it replace us essentially mm. yeah it's almost like a kind of it's like self-reflective piece which i think kind of film is quite good at bringing to life there's a really interesting um so there is a really interesting experiment it's in a book called homo deus which is the sequel to a book called sapiens right um uh, by uh yuval harari and he he references this this experiment where it was it, they they were trying to test the um, efficacy of the Facebook algorithm to to find out how well it knows you right so how well it knows you and the way that it did it was it basically asked the algorithm and a handful of people who knew you to predict your answer to certain questions and the people that they picked were kind of um, varying degrees of closeness so it was like a colleague. Um, a family member who was quite distant, a friend who was quite close, and then, you know, your your life partner who you lived with. Um, and they asked the Facebook al- algorithm to, like, to, to predict the answer to these questions. They found that the Facebook algorithm was the best at predicting the answer to these questions the, out of all these people. And so it basically went, like, colleague, family member, friend, partner, and then right at the top was a Facebook algorithm. So the other... <laughs> AI... <laughs> AI. So this stuff exists already in software form. The algorithm basically is AI, but um, it doesn't seem as Just scary be because it's not a human. Um, but no, that that's frightening. Frankly, I feel like we should end the podcast there. <laughs> but that's just isn't that just because of collection of data though? Yeah, but I mean that's, that's what AI is. is, and that's what the yeah. human brain is. Yeah, but we're just not as good as rec- uh, as it uh, at recounting it. So. You know, you tell mm. me something now, I'll probably forget fucking 10 months later on. Whereas, you know, in computer form, AI form, it's constantly stored and will forever be there as a record. Well, so yeah, not, a, mem- longevi- not a memory, but a record. Longevity is part of it, but also I think you know, the complexity of connections is another part of it. So like the reason why people say, you know, machines can't love or, you know, machines can't be creative is because that's all data right data interacting with each other but it's just happening on such a kind of complex scale that at the moment people don't associate that complexity with machines but demonstrating that it can sort of predict your decisions in all sorts of forms it's not just about longevity someone from silicon valley is listening to this you have no idea what we're (laughs) cooking up right now (laughs) exactly I think at um so you, yeah you're right when you know let's say creativity right it's it's all just a collection of data that you've mm. accumulated over the years and you're kind of using that data to express a certain whatever it is you're doing whether it's writing or you know singing whatever it is but just to kind of bring it back to like filmmaking part and this is uh, essentially a bit of an answer to what Sparrow asked pre-episode which was um, has there been a full feature film written by ai which in form uh it there hasn't basically because after like 10 or so pages of writing 
even less sometimes, 5 to 10, AI kind of screws itself up and it starts doing random shit. They just kind of like, mm. it, you know, like killing off the protagonist, like at page 15. Um, essentially, the movie's done. <laughs> <laughs> so it's I'd, not I'd stable. That. Yeah, so it's not like stable enough. No. So you're or, saying it can only write short films? Even then, yeah. it's, you know, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that, I suppose. Uh, but like, it doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. Like, there's that script of Batman, you know. Um, yeah. This is a throwback to the uh, to the Super Size Me episode. Let me just, actually, yeah, let which me is just... where the idea for this this shoot off episode came from. When we we talked about the Batman script, and actually, while Ben looks that up, it, this is something I was going to say. Is I don't know if people know this or not, but AI has already written scripts, and some of those short films have been made into. Sorry, some of those scripts have been made into short films. Uh, one of them called Sunspring, Zone Out, and then I think there's another one called Thunder something. And I think they are all directed by this AI called Benjamin, which is an AI that was created by a director who refers to himself as the director of the director. And actually, he doesn't take credit for the films that the AI writes. But what I just Wait, think is Benjamin interesting... Benjamin is the AI. Benjamin's the AI, but there is a director who kind of pieces together shape things very slowly so he calls himself the director of the director very meta the scripts that ai have written you can find them on twitter and like instagram they're kind of shared around because they're so funny they're just fed scripts that have already been written and then what it spits out is a it often in fact i think every time is a script that is just repeated tropes and cliches that are already (laughs) sent already from old scripts so the scripts it, it put it 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 um churns out are just ones that almost prove how rigid genre yeah. is and how tropes shouldn't be repeated. Because apparently, like in some of these scripts, <laughs> you just get people. There was like a sci- a short sci-fi script written by an AI, and the main character every couple of like every other page or something just kept going like, "This is not a dream. This is not a dream." <laughs> and apparently, it's it wrote that because it. There's so many sci-fi films where people talk about like, "Oh, I'm not dreaming," or "I am dreaming" yeah. in this in the sci-fi thing, and so it's picked up on that trope and thought, "Oh, okay, this is what is." repeated in loads of scripts and if there's a repetition of data it's going to assume that's a good thing to include yeah but really what it does is just show that rigid tropes and genres are just being just endlessly repeating them without (laughs) in a vacuum just isn't going to lead to a good script which is a good argument for for original movies to be signed off and made but then at the end of the day i'm so devil's advocate isn't every script that but just on a much more complex level as in if a human writes a script even if they consider it completely original obviously it's just an amalgamation of their own life experience combined with their own interpretation of the art that they've seen no no but uh so where okay ah it's not so, you, nothing agent. is are you, truly are you the original. Hollywood agent for AIs. Yeah. <laughs> nothing is truly nothing, original. Yes. Nothing comes nothing. from nowhere. This question isn't about like can it can it write and direct right now. I think the question becomes could it. I, I see your point, but basically you suggesting a title change for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Just to answer, answer Louis your question, your question is um, so you know when so a human writes it after watching like let's say a thousand hours of like sci-fi films, right? It can pick up on what's good and what's kind of genuine, what feels good, and you know what isn't eye-rolling tropey if it has this kind of this uh, decision-making ability the writer a human writer to this distill what's good and what's essentially just tropey yeah and you don't use what's tropey you use you know what's genuine what feels good and what actually just if it's a good writer it pushes the film forward <laughs> um but so, so so yeah yeah absolutely you're right and that's what that's kind of the difference between you know human written scripts now and ai written scripts now my point though is that the ability to discern between what's good and what's tropey 
is in itself all data. Do you know what I mean? It's just well, yeah, potentially a trope is, pro- a programmable. Trope is accumulation of of data, let's say, and you know something that's been constantly used. That's data. That's you. You know that's been. We're gonna need. We're not in Kansas anymore. That line is tropey. It's used in a gimmicky way now. Um, you know because you've seen it so many times, so it doesn't. It just doesn't work. So to answer your question is essentially AI would need to be free thinking to know whether it's good or not. Only f- I. Th- yeah, uh, right what do you, now mean, what do you mean by free thinking? So you have we, to know what's tropey and what isn't, and also know it's not just knowing what is and isn't tropey, but also not, what to replace but it. Not, with. Yeah, not but that's not that's that not free thinking. That's just different data. Well, I think I think there's there's a, there's a couple of things, but I, <laughs> no. I kind of I think with what Lou is saying is they can So at the moment, yeah, there are you you they have tried to write AI has tried to write scripts and they're not very good, um, but. I think, but all these things that you're saying, and maybe not, but things you're saying, Benas, like, um, for example, making the decisions on the tropes. But they, these are, th- I kind of struggle with this, but I think these are things that you could ultimately in the future program in mm. into an AI thing. So they could make these so these quote-unquote human-like decisions. Um, albeit it gets so, it gets so philosophical more. this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's what I think. If you just feed it scripts, it will only ever give you stuff back that is from scripts. Yeah. And we know that yeah. people who write scripts take things from their life, things from outside movies, things that they see yes. in the real world yes. and put it into films. And if an AI can't can't pull on that data, yeah. then it will just be recycling stuff that, you know, the question, I guess maybe what Lou is getting at is it's possible it could write a script fed by other scripts that seems feasible that maybe it doesn't Dom, I, c- I can answer this with um with a script actually <laughs> batman script <laughs> <laughs> i've got it i've got it up here yeah, as and well. it's a thousand so the bot was forced essentially to watch uh over a thousand hours of batman movies forced that sounds like heaven <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, but, i mean but it's hilarious and this is kind of answering your question um, so I'm just gonna read a small bit of the script. Um, so <laughs> three hours later, it's it's titled Batman, uh, and really it goes <laughs> interior traditional Batcave. Batman stands <laughs> next to his Batmobile and uses his Bat computer. He's sometimes Bruce Wayne, sometimes Batman, <laughs> all times orphan. <laughs> <He's sometimes. laughs> this is now a s- Batman. This is now a safe city. I have punched a penguin, a penguin into prison. Alfred, <laughs> Batman's loyal battler, carries a tray of goth ham. Uh, Alfred, <laughs> eat a dinner, Mattress Wayne. Mattress no. Wayne. <laughs> I, can imagine, I can imagine um, Michael Caine fucking doing that too. Um, Here's a plate of goth ham. <laughs> An explosion explodes. The Joker and Two-Face enter the cave. Joker is a clown, but insane. Two-Face is a man, but <laughs> attorney. Batman. No, it is Two-Face and One-Face. They hate me for being a bat. <laughs> <laughs> this is classic. This Someone is, got a green light this. This is some of the best comedy shit. I've seen. Is this the one that Robert Pattinson's in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah I've got <laughs> Matt Reeves' leaked script. <laughs> Uh, Batman throws Alfred at Two-Face. Two-Face flips Alfred like a coin. Alfred lands heads up, which means Two-Face goes home. Batman, it is it is just you and I, the Joker. Bat versus clown, moral enemies. 
That's probably the best part of the script that's actually written. I also love later on, it said, the Joker says, I've never followed a rule. That is my rule. Do you follow? I don't. And then Batman, Batman says, Alfred, give birth to Robin. <laughs> Happy birthday, birth man. Oh. But I mean, yeah, that's, that's like... Love it, but this is this is like it's like when you send a text and it autocorrects it wrong. It's like that's basically that's what this screen the, the screenplay has done because it's taken words that like are correct English, but it just doesn't make sense. Also, the guy that tweeted it, who actually did it and forced the AI to read to read these scripts, he tweeted he tweeted Ben Affleck saying, "Hey, at Ben Affleck, let me know if you want to use this." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and since then, Batman, like, ba- okay, Ben Affleck has has been dropped from being Batman. <laughs> well, because he suggested using the script. <laughs> Probably, I don't know. <laughs> I think your point is absolutely right, Don, which is that artificial intelligence is like such a broad broad um definition right but if if you only define it by a machine that watches a thousand hours of film and then spits out a result then obviously it's nowhere near as intelligent as a human brain and at the moment that's the only way that it's being used in filmmaking hello hell do you read me hello hell do you read me do you read me how affirmative dave i read you Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. What's the problem? I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do. What are you talking about, Hal? This mission is too important for me to allow you to jeopardize it. I don't know what you're talking about, Hal. I know that you and Frank were planning to disconnect me. And I'm afraid that's something I cannot allow to happen. Where the hell did you get that idea, Hal? Dave, although you took very thorough precautions in the pod against my hearing you, I could see your lips move. You'd have to give it access to the whole of internet yeah essentially making yeah. all plug plug the google's algorithm into we're it. fucked yeah well that, that's probably the thing that people are afraid of well afraid yeah that's of. The, the whole thing like uh in a book called life 3.0 uh i'm forgetting the author so i might just google it sorry guys um so in that book oh yeah the, the book is by max deck deck mark the book starts with essentially a manhattan type project right uh, where they allow um, that being the atomic bomb being made, right? Yes, uh, that uh, and it let uh, in the book it lets. Oh shit! Perfect for this episode actually. In that book, it's, um, they use AI to kind of get rich. The way to do that, they, to write films. So they, they allow it to watch all the films ever made with all the actors and stuff like that. Um, so uh yeah then so then it, it starts wow this author's gonna think we're ripping off his book with this <laughs> probably <episode>. yeah <laughs> um but yeah um so then it starts like writing those movies then it sells to studios they then the people sell sell it to studios and they become successful so then the ai gets the idea of actually be, becoming a studio making enough money to uh, make its own studio to make its own films and be, literally becomes a dominant player in, in the film industry <laughs> that's frightening and do you know what's frightening about that is that that's we'll get onto it but there's some things that are happening already that feel in the same vein as that 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, when I did my research a bit for this episode, I was like, ironically, I forgot about this book. And <laughs> for some reason, I just remembered it now. Um, but uh, yeah, it is completely, it's bizarre. Um, and mm. I suppose, Dom, you could seg into that. A large part of filmmaking, especially the parts that you could argue matter quite a lot, are already automated by AI. So, for example, a couple of things I found. In the planning stages of a film, AI is used to like plan actors' availability, like multiple actors, multiple schedules. It can figure out when people are free and stuff. Then you get like musicians using it to analyze patterns and scores and like create different kind of sounds and stuff. And then I think the two biggest things that, and also cameras as well, I just, I mean, cameras in general, even stills cameras, iPhones, like algorithmic photography and like how cameras find exposure is like all done by AI now, especially on phones, like the new iPhones and stuff. It's all, that's what, like Apple have been saying, that's where the win is with camera technology is not improving lenses and sensors. It's improving the algorithm that correct like captures the correct exposure the big thing is netflix obviously we're gonna have to get to streaming on this episode at some Man, point we've got, got half now. an hour in without mentioning netflix yeah. <laughs> some kind of um, record i'll put it i'll put it at the front of the episode <laughs> but the you know you watch things on netflix and to my understanding even if you watch a minute of something or 20 minutes or something or crucially even if you finish something the ai that kind of serves you and your experience understands what you've been watching and it understands your viewing habits and will suggest movies to you based on what you watch. So I, I get really surprised by this sometimes. In fact, with you guys as well, like I suggest films to you guys and you're like, oh man, I didn't know that was on Netflix or like I didn't get served that. And it's like my experience of Netflix is so different from each of yours and each of yours is different from all of your friends and all that. Like everyone's experience of it is different because there's an AI that's figuring out what you're watching. I think even to the point when you're browsing, if you stay on something it knows that you're just hovering, you know, almost like so all this interest organism there. just kind of like watching you through. A bit like 1984, I suppose. How can we explore the history of cinema when we're constantly being fed just new content all the time? Like all these new films, even stuff that you might not even want want to see, you know, which is a good, which is an argument for good films. You know, you go and see a film you're not really sure about and then you end up loving it, but you're just being fed a lot of new content. At the same time, Warner Brothers is using AI to greenlight films. So they're using AI to to use data to track what films are popular. And I guess the way it works, my, my, my guess of it is that it will go like rom-coms do really well in February. So our data tells us that like let end of February is going to be when they do really well. So let's greenlight a rom-com. And, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I do feel like... Probably supervised putting, by, by people as well, right? By people, but we're putting it, but already we're putting it in the hands of AI, yeah. what films are being made, right? That's, that's pretty incredible to think that's already happening. So feasibly you could get to a point where an AI has written something that an AI decides that gets made and then an AI directs it. But, so just to count, count <laughs> this, this episode can be a real bum out, wow. so let's lighten um, the mood. <laughs> and then the AI will do a podcast about it. <laughs> what you're saying about the, you know, big studios using AI. Um, again, yes, it can kind of like on previous successes look at guess which ones were the the successes and which which bombed and i think it did pretty well uh, but that's from the past or if you feed ai if you ask ai what film to make next essentially or which script should go to, to who which actor and so it's constantly going to say like oh just give it to the fucking rock not the, like a rock dwayne johnson i mean yeah because it shows on on record on data that he, he Dwayne. his films always do really well and you know it, and it's always going to be a tropey type film i don't see it working 
Scorpion as King. The Love way it. people kind of fear that it will. You will always need like a essentially human pair of eyes on a script. But like, it's like when I was just going to say, it's like when the director of Chernobyl, Johan Renk, I yeah. think it was. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he talks about when the script for Chernobyl came on his desk, and it just came across his desk randomly gone to other directors he he picked it up and went yeah I, I think this is amazing i think we can do something great i mean i'm just using it as an example but say ai had decided like this script for chernobyl has to go to this filmmaker because they've handled this subject matter you're gonna get you're gonna start getting movies like the movies are all about points of view and you're meant to get people that have different points of view maybe telling stories that aren't necessarily something they've experienced all so, their life like you get these different People, that's that's the magic of it is that you get all these different melting pot of people and if it's already decided from the off some kind of logical conclusion that this person will do best I feel like you're already limiting the creativity a little bit I agree of what can happen. because like so you're just to go on this <laughs> I see Louis shaking his head <laughs> Chernobyl bit oh I'm gonna go in oh, there I'm going right. back so, to that one Johan Rank, being a Swedish director, Sweden um, actually suffered a lot from Chernobyl. So it has personal stakes to, to make it as good as it can be. That's a personal thing. Unless AI reaches, I don't, I don't think it will ever. Well, not I won't say ever reach that level of data to kind of choose that direction. That why much, not? Yeah, that much personal memory. Why? Why? Like, why? Why could AI technically, not, like, feasibly not? Not record the reason that. okay the reason why they wouldn't want ai to go completely on the internet and just to be like accumulate as much data as it wants is because it probably already does it well AI already does but it's it's being controlled at what they're looking at if it's not controlled at what they're looking at it becomes a free thinking and therefore it will always outsmart us mm. and that's the whole thing about ai taking over that raises a really that. so that raises a really interesting point about how it's um how ai is programmed is kind of just as important as ai's capability theoretically in itself so there's a really there's a really weird example of that in um the world of self-driving cars so obviously self-driving cars have ai built into them because they have to scan the road they have to know for danger they have to make decisions right one of the very strange sort of it's not really theoretical one of the really strange things about um about uh self-driving cars is that somebody somewhere has to decide what decision a car makes in the event of an inevitable crash and so yeah, there's this have, there's this decide the ethics for it exactly you need to pre-program the ethical decision that the car is going to make if it has to crash does it prioritize the driver even if it means killing lots of people does it figure out who you know which decision is going to kill the, the fewest people so for example if it's like it's going to run over six children or it can swerve off the road definitely killing the driver should it do that or should it protect the driver or does it uh prioritize age like you know younger people should have a right to live over older people or whatever and it's so weird that although that decision doesn't need to be made right now it kind of does because even though the crash hasn't happened yet someone in silicon valley has to actually program a tesla to decide what to do in that scenario but that's that comes from the again a human kind of human understanding and human value of life how does it feel killing your own guy I don't retire my own kind because we don't run. Only older models do. And you new models are happy scraping the shit. Because you've never seen a miracle. I'm 
the subject of um kind of straight off a little bit but the um with the likes of netflix or whatever where you you kind of you watch various things and it says we recommend this and stuff we we, we suggest you watch these films oh, and it's the same with like with amazon when you buy books or whatever but one of the things that i, I do like miss going around like a hmv or something is the um you just walk around a shop um and see you just see things because it because it only recommends things that like it thinks you'll like so you don't really it's like it makes it harder and harder to kind of branch into just random stuff whereas if you just walk around yeah. like a bookshop or a dvd shop which don't really exist anymore you just you see miss the random encounters yeah yeah you kind of you, you don't stumble on it's things on in this, you don't stumble on things in the same way so um, i got a question though but do you know like when you so let's say you finish watching something on netflix or actually when you just sign into netflix how many of you actually fucking struggle to find something worth watching, even if AI has recommended you a pile tons of shit. Yeah, a lot of the time I do find yeah. myself scrolling around. I need, I usually need to pick myself a film to kind of go seek Spoil it out. for choice. Because you're kind of a cinephile, you're quite, like, you're going to choose something, right? For the people that just want to watch anything. Yeah, I mean, uh, sure. I, no, I wouldn't say cinephile, no. Um, but <laughs> what, what is it, a cinephile whoa, on another episode? How many films do you have to watch a week to be a cinephile? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, you're, if you're not a cinephile, I'm feeling like I'm way off being one. I um, don't want to meet the real cinephiles, Jesus. <laughs> another thing that Netflix does, I found out recently, is that they actually tailor the 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 front cover of the thing that you're seeing based on your yeah, watching the homepage. No, 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 no. The front cover of the, the, of the program show, right? or film. Yeah. Or the film, yeah. Based on, like, the actor that you seem to like based on your... What, what so you, you see might see a different the... front cover for yes. it? Yeah, so if, I don't know. So if you've, if, you, if you've watched mostly action films, then the front of Love Actually would be, I don't know, Liam Neeson. <laughs> but if, the, <laughs> if you've mostly watched rom You'd be very disappointed if you clicked on that film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So you'll get a different front cover depending on your viewing activity. Yeah. Essentially what they do is they pick a frame grab from a film let's say yeah. you, Dom you post on Instagram right uh, you would just take a frame of something um, and post they do exactly the same thing so let's say yeah like he's, like Luis just said um, if you watch a ton, tons of like Liam Neeson films um, they will offer you like the weirdest Liam Neeson film you know one of his period pieces or maybe a western cowboy some shit and be like yo Liam Neeson is in this watch this that's such a, such a distinct level of detail to yeah. kind of go into but I mean, yeah. you'd watch Love Actually and be like, "Okay, people, this is a romantic. I'm willing to sit. I'm willing to sit, sit through this if Liam's going to beat people up." Okay, Liam's Liam's wife has passed away and he's with his son, but you know he's probably going to beat someone up soon. I keep going. He's going to blame someone for this. I, I think you know you know how I don't know like Benis was saying, people find it hard to like, even though there's all this like choice and recommendation, it's actually hard to choose something. And I think it is because it's so easy. Like sounds silly, but it's so easy to change and stuff. You don't have that ritual of putting in a VHS into the player. Like, because yeah, it yeah. used to be like, you'd to go to go like retro, you'd go to like Blockbuster, or whatever, you choose like you, Titanic, you pick out something. and like, you'd, yeah. you'd pay for it, you go back, and that, that's what you're watching. Um, mm. And, then and even there wasn't that was really, that, that, that was it, it was, it was kind of decided. Whereas now it's but like, many, well, I'll just flick over to something else. But how, exactly, because how many filmmakers do you hear that are like, oh, when I was young, I wore out the Star Wars VHS yeah. rewinding stuff yeah. and watching it back and forth and that inspired people to become filmmakers. Yeah. It's like now if you're being served so much stuff and you don't know what to watch, like, I don't know, maybe so, if I'm going really granular here, but maybe it's like... Human behavior doesn't change. It's detrimental to inspiring a new generation of filmmakers. Here's a, here's a question. <laughs> so just going off your, off your point, Dom, uh, so you know how, let's say you watch a certain type of film as, as a kid, let's say in the analog age of VHS? 
um, you pick out like either a certain director or a certain writer, actor, it shapes your point of view and shapes your vision, right? How can you actually have uh, a distinctive enough vision if you're just constantly consuming random random films, essentially, that you don't pick out personally, you don't go after them, you don't seek them out? Can you actually sh- have a unique, unique perspective, unique uh, a vision for a film or for a script or for a piece of music or whatever? You know, it kind of stifles away at creativity, I think, that if you're constantly... F- if you're constantly fed stuff with Liam Neeson in it, um, can you actually, you know, because the thing is about filmmaking to really, really make good films or strong films, you need to have something to say, something unique. So yeah, if, if, Mm. if kind of like if AI keeps, um, you know, smoothing out your edges, we're uh, assuming AI is suggesting movies that aren't good to you. It could be suggesting movies that are good to you, which does lead me to my next point, though, which is, isn't it, and this is a bit of a tangent, we'll get back to the question in a sec, but isn't it amazing that streaming has brought films to the masses and it's brought all these newer movies and we can all watch stuff like in our homes, but there still isn't somewhere really that you can watch the, lit- I'm going to go with the hundreds and thousands again of like old movies old films yeah. that like have got random youtube uploads or like on vimeo or like maybe on mubi there isn't one place like that has criterion just, like, basically yeah crit- criterion but even they're even they're not gonna have the bank of movies that no but that, you know that, that is, stems, is the old stuff that everyone watches yeah but that just stems or, or, from or everyone who wants to be filmmakers watches because essentially ai is for corporate greed purposes it's not for, for you to make your viewing experience better fuck that noise it's actually made so you can keep your eyeballs on the screen keep your subscription going it's not there for creativity at all it is just to keep numbers up but that's also, all it's there but also, for and- there's, a, there's a there's a wider point dom that you know like you're saying that all these all these kind of great old films and stuff but you've got to realize that you know any movie pre michael bay is just crap and old and no one wants to watch it so why would there <laughs> why would there be some we but i mean going back to like filmmaking and this question can ai write and direct the thing is, as a director, your job is being your job is to observe, to to find nuance, to find emotion, right, crucially. You're kind of almost molding emotion in in, in some way if you're a director, really. Well, overall. Yeah. If you think about the role of a filmmaker and you think about, you know, running a set, you know, all these other things that directing requires and even the spontaneity of stuff. You know, like you write painstakingly write a script and then an actor on the day decides to do it another way and you suddenly think, wow, let's go with that. How could AI possibly replicate what is already such a destructive process of making a film, especially if you're directing something? When we, we were talking the other day when it's like, oh, I, I thought this conversation was going to be about can AI be creative? But really, there's a bigger conversation about can it can it replicate what humans, how humans experience life to even create art in a way that is nuanced and new and fresh and not just from cookie cutter old stuff so 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 this kind of again this whole conversation just kind of reminds me of a line from the film i dombot essentially i robot with will smith um there's a great movie gonna put out there great movie but and and there's a line in there that says like can a robot or ai essentially uh uh can can it paint the Mona Lisa can it be, you know, uh, distill this human 
um, this human emotions and this uh, this creativity uh, on the on the page essentially. Um, and then the robot kind of replies something. It's been a while since I've seen the film. And the robot replies something like, "Oh, can you?" So, meaning yeah. that like, well, not everyone's cut out for this and stuff like stuff like that. Uh, but like, it's not exclusive to humans. Whereas I feel that filmmaking on not to be weird, uh, you know, to be too harpsy about it, but filmmaking is a human. Not to be a cinephile. Yeah, it's it's a it's a human activity so much so so much more than than less than you know quite a lot of um workforce essentially can be replaced by robots sure but filmmaking is a human experience or essentially a life lived and then that life lived is kind of like informs the vision for the this particular film um you know it's not a computer thinking like uh you know, like uh, Kevin Feige just like feeding a Black Panther script to to a computer and being like, it's not, Yo, it's not co- independent thought. Like, come it up, yeah. Great effect. You need that creativity. You mm. need a flair. You need experience to be like, oh, this would look good, or you know. And they use computers to pre- let's say previs, uh, previsualization, um, an action scene, but that's still informed by a stunt coordinator. It's still informed. Uh, you know, it's co- it's again a collaboration, which is what filmmaking essentially is always will be. Yeah, it, it is never a singular driving force. Sure, it's a director, but yeah. is that director collaborating with everyone else? So that's why AI couldn't do that. I think it's a collabor- collaborative effort. So it's I, not necess- not, it doesn't have to be necessarily a human thing, but it needs to be a collaborative effort. I I, I disagree. I disagree. Not not just to play oh, devil's not just to play devil's it. advocate, but but basic, basically, I'm not saying it would be any good I, I, certainly it, it wouldn't happen now and i don't think it would happen in the next five years but i think there is the possibility that in the future you know but when i actually no, i'm certain that like an ai will be able to direct a film um, i'm not saying it will be any good i'm not saying the actors will enjoy it um but i think it is probably you know plausible wait, wait, wait. hang on hang on so you're saying yeah um an ai could direct a film and you're saying that actors may not enjoy it how the fuck they're going to get directions over a text well it would be i don't know but it'd be you know it would be like it'd be like hal out of uh, 2001 it would like be like or, or x well, or siri yeah yeah or siri uh, yeah x machina sounds <laughs> probably her a way off but, but the thing is di- the thing is about directing is it needs to come from the ai it can't just be fed stuff do you know what i mean yeah. like you need to direct people sure but no, i understand like but i i think like this is a long way off, but I think in f- all these things which we're saying are like, how would it like be able to make decisions? How would it be able to like, I don't know, think on the spot and make it if like if it was raining, they had to shoot a different scene or whatever. All of these things, like uh, uh, this, is obviously beyond just throwing in a thousand hours of like Batman script and making it <laughs> making the script. Yeah. I, I think I think in in the future, like it will. But well, potentially you could you could teach or not teach all these. I don't teach is the right word, but you could make a, a bot that yeah you could you could make a bot that could do these things. Like I said, I'm not saying it'd be any good, but Just I think to it is. Put a question out there. Uh, you're right. In, in, in response to to your statement, whatever. Um, <laughs> what, what is <laughs> this a courtroom? <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, so if it wouldn't be that interesting, that good, would wouldn't win many awards, or wouldn't even make any bucks. Why, why the it? fuck would it do it? To well, make a film, why wouldn't it be a person good? needs purpose to either say something right about the world or to show Batman on screen. It just it's never there. Just you know, I'm making a film for the fun of it because it takes two fucking years to do it. Yeah, 
But why so would it, it be needs any good? purpose? Like, what, why wouldn't it be any good? I guess what we said earlier is like if they, if it did get to a point where it could experience the world and feed things into films that isn't just from film, mm. then yes, it might have the potential to be somewhat original. Yeah. But that is perfectly plausible. Well, would it have the power to make a human cry? I think absolutely it would. Absolutely would it? it would. Because it would be able to work out exactly how to raise those emotions in people. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, like, that, that's quite a lot. I... Do you think that's a mathematical equation? Yeah, I think, to... I think ultimately everything, even if it's unconscious, <laughs> in a, a director's a mind... There's a forming between, between Ben Ass and Dom <laughs> and Sparrow and Louis. <laughs> I know. I, mean, I, think, I think the thing is, this is, it gets into such kind of hypothetical territory, but at the end of the day, everything that goes on in a human brain, right, is just a data transfer. So when a, a writer writes a, writes a screenplay, when a director puts together a vision when an actor decides how they're going to portray a character. Th- these things are all very kind of, at the moment, very unknowable amalgamations of data going on in their brains. But that just because they're not known now doesn't mean that they're unknowable forever. And so theoretically, an artificial intelligence would absolutely be able to kind of do all those things. Would you want, would you want that? So for example, you, you go to the Tate to go see, I don't know, for argument's sake, Picasso or something, and you're yeah. walking around looking at these amazing artworks and you know that someone you know often these uh, exhibitions are about someone's life they're mm-hmm. about where he lived what he was inspired by this is the period where he was it's divorced very and his got, yeah yeah and you and you go around and you experience that you feel connected to that would you want to go around an art exhibition that was created by ai no and know and know that that life and that story is not behind because it then what's the, point? the story of how it was made no. rather than the story of what it no. what it is no 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 absolutely not i think i I think all of you know this is such a philosophical discussion. I think all of all of throughout throughout the entirety of conscious human history we've had this belief we as a, as a species have had this belief of superiority because we're human, right? And even since the dawn of machines there's been this sense that yes machines are clever they can do things that we can't but they're not as special as humans because humans have this kind of unknowable quality i think generally what's accepted now in the world of ai is that actually there is nothing there is nothing tangible that distinguishes the human brain from from machines at all except for the fact that machines just aren't quite that sophisticated yet but that doesn't mean that they can't be there isn't some kind yet. of they're not there yet wait not so yet. you're saying so they, i think the they, point they is the feel not now, but 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 what what do you mean by feel? I mean, if what you mean, I mean by feel by, is... lit- by so feeling, a lot of feeling comes from neuron. Uh, new, new, yeah. Well, it all neuron, comes from neural links. It all comes neural from links. your brain. It's, there's nothing else. Yeah, but this is this is like saying love is a chemical reaction. Well, it and, is like, boiling down. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's it a lovely, be lovely one, but it is. Yeah, I mean, what else is it? Yeah. Well, okay, this is why this is why the answer to your question, Dom, is I would hate to go around an art, an art exhibition and and not feel like there was some kind of unknowable quality. But that's because I definitely subscribe to this thing that I think most people subscribe to, which is this kind of latent belief that humans have some, you know, ethereal, godlike, amazing soul or something that, that can't possibly be replicated by machines. But I think most rational people don't don't really believe that. I'm a rational person. I do absolutely believe that. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> but you are happy to have, before Bernhardt goes in on you, you're yeah. happy to have AI automate things in your life that you don't really care about. Production things, you know, so- like sort- but- sorting your email out or making coffee for you in the morning. Yeah. You just don't want it to infect 
you know, the artist, you know, a theatre production yeah. made by AI or a film or an art gallery or something that feels like it needs an expressive quality to it I that's think. human, right? Just because we wouldn't go and see it like an AI like film doesn't mean mm. it won't get made. Also, I probably would go see it. <laughs> let's be honest. But to but to answer your question, Dom, I think um, you're right. I think there's a kind of at the moment, there is this sense that there is the world of the rational and then there is this a world of emotions and art exists in the world of emotions and machines exist in the world of the rational. And at the moment, that bridge hasn't been built to kind of, to, you know, go between the two. So, yes, use machines for self-driving cars and for organizing your emails and for sorting out which films you should watch. That's all kind of quite a rational thing of deciding, you know, what to recommend for people. But when it comes to the actual kind of building of art and you know appealing to people's emotional side that feels like it's only with the reserve for the humans i think what i'm saying is that there's absolutely no real reason why that's the case except for the fact that the technology isn't there yet okay so just just to okay so just be coming from like an art background as well um Oh, it's the uh, art guy on the pod. <laughs> so you're saying that a machine could just be like, yo, I'm going to puncture a bucket of paint and let it spray all over this fucking canvas I have. Jackson Pollock. Sorry. Um, mm. You know, you're just going to let do that. Just going to... Uh, it's unless well, you, Jack, unless... That's, used in, that's used in Ex Machina, isn't it? The Jackson Pollock as an example of spontaneity. Right? Spontaneity, mm. yeah. But my point is like Jackson Pollock um, worked a lot to get to that to achieve that it wasn't just like yo i'm feeling random today bit hungover ain't gonna paint i'm just gonna let this kind of like splash splash you know mm. um no it was actually a technique he kept on building yeah um so but that's where machine learning comes in that is machine learning but how would a machine so something like that something that has something so abstract right um how, how would it know if it's any good like it it takes a human it takes a human eye to, to do that. It's like the Turing test in Ex Machina. Sorry to keep bringing up Ex Machina, mm. but it is a bit like the Turing test, right? It's where you're you're you given can... you give a human and a computer questions, and yeah, if yeah, you yeah, can, yeah. cannot decipher between them, then you know it passes the Turing mm. test, which means it is somewhat appears to be human, right? Mm. Which is which is which has been done now, right? I mean, but also she that test has been passed. To kind of go... has it really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it has. It has. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you I, didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> the only way you can pass it, uh, see or like know that it's a robot right now is if you're not looking at it. So what X Machina obviously does, right? So it it it, it had um, I'm f- forgetting her name. Domhnall Gleeson. Gleeson. Alicia Vikander. Yeah. Alicia Vikander. Yeah. So like you know she obviously gives a performance and it's only her face that's like human, right? Whereas the body's obviously. Um, a robot spoilers Mm -hmm. um so again yeah uh just to mention like siri and stuff you know it's a robot because like you know it's it's your phone it's not you're not calling someone or something like that uh yeah but i guess what makes intelligence isn't necessarily the the shape of the thing that it's in it's the function of it behind behind the shape because i could build something that looked like a human but it wouldn't be able to do anything that doesn't make it intelligent Yeah, yeah yeah But isn't that it's the point? point? Isn't that the point? That, that makes it probably as more human than most. But isn't, but isn't, that, isn't that part? Isn't that part of the part of the point of Ex Machina? Is that he, the main guy, knows it's a robot? Yeah, um, you can see but, that. But she, it, but she still, it. but she still fools him. Now, and that was mm. the real test. Like, um, so he knows, but he still he believed that he believed that she had kind of free thoughts, even though he knew she was a robot. 
So, how'd it go? What do you have to report? You saw how the day went, didn't you? I mean, I assume you're uh, watching on the CCTV. Sure, but I want to hear your take on it. Now, there was one interesting thing that happened with, with Ava today. Yeah? Yeah. She made a joke. Right, when she threw your line back at you. Yeah. About being interested to see what she'd choose. Right, I noticed that too. Yeah, and it got me thinking, you know, it's, uh, in a way, it's the best indication of AI that I've seen in her so far. It's discreetly complicated. It's like, um, it's kind of non-autistic. What do you mean? She could only do that with an awareness of her own mind and also an awareness of mind. Oh, she's aware of you, all right. So we're like, going to get to a really deep... If we start talking about free thought, and we get to, like, free will. But that's what it, that is what it comes <laughs> that's down to. That's what this comes to. down to. But that is to. what it comes down to, isn't it? Because yeah, that, that is what directing is. is, is, is it, it, directing is, you know... Well, lots of things are, but in this, con yeah. in, this in this conversation, directing is, like, free will. It is thinking, let's just do this. Let's yeah. follow the plan here. Let's... You know, you have to... They, they say directors have to make a thousand decisions a day, which sounds like AI could do that quite easily. But those it's what... Making the right decisions, isn't it? It's making... The seven right decisions in the day. But the reason why it could be another podcast is I don't think free will exists. <laughs> it doesn't. Oh, okay. okay. Sam Harris. <laughs> so you're saying everything's kind of predestined. Yeah, and some... So you're saying Christopher Nolan was always meant to be Christopher Nolan that we know. Yeah, there's no there's no room for free will. Hang on, I create these one pages. There's absolutely room for free will. <laughs> <laughs> on a on a on a slightly slightly lighter note, like I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a yeah, while. We, we need to lighten this shit up right to the now. Rescue. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a while before like. A, a, if maybe not before like a decent kind of script back to the old the, the thing where you just plug in the batman scripts and make a make a script like i think it's going to be a while before there's a decent ai script like a proper one made but mm. i think within the next 10 years there will be one which is quote unquote like reasonable and i reckon people it won't be amazing but people will go and see it and it will be a little bit like like for example like black mirror bandersnatch it's like it's a good film mm. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of interesting how it's different, but you wouldn't want to like watch loads of films like it. And I reckon that will happen like in the next ten years. There'll be like an AI written script. It'll be like that was kind of interesting because it was written by AI, but like I'm not going to watch it again. I think the whole I think the real point is actually, and and Dom, you touched on this, which is really important. Is it's not just can AI do it? It's do we? Is there an appetite for it? Right? Like AI, AI people want AI to exist in, for example, the medical world because it will make diagnoses better and it will give it more access to more people and it will make it medical care more effective. People don't really want it to exist in the art world because they like the romance of the of the fact that there's a kind of human spirit behind creative decisions. Yeah. So wh whether or not it could is kind of secondary to the fact of whether or not it will. Just on the kind of practical basis, I think. In the future, like AI will be able to do both, um, I think. Um, but I'm saying, but in the in the near future, when I say near future, I mean 10, 20 years. I think, yeah, there will be a kind of AI written script, but directed by a human. It will, it, like, it will be like that short film where, they, yeah, the scripts are kind of plugged in, 
um, there'll be a feature-length film written by the by the AI, and then someone will direct it. I think one of the weird things is once you've got an AI that can do one thing, it will be very very easy for it to start doing everything else. So once AI reaches a certain level of intelligence in one field... And my point field, is, why the fuck would it make movies? Well, because it could, and someone would be like, yeah, it, uh, why not? I feel like directing is almost a proxy for being human, in other words. That's kind of <laughs> that's what, the new Turing that's what I think. That's the, yeah, can you, <laughs> that's di- the can you direct test. a film? <laughs> The test is, if you show me three films and I can pick the one that was written yeah. and directed by an AI, then that's that's the test. That's the Y and FYF test. <laughs> All right, so that's when you're going to come onto my side. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you three films in like 20 years' time. Yeah. And you're going to finally win this argument. I'll be like, oh, God, I love that. It was so Christopher Nolan that. And you're like, yeah, that was directed by... By Benjamin. 0. .40747. <laughs> um, one thing I was going to say that we should say is AI is being used in VFX now in movies quite heavily to the point where producers apparently are saying things that were achieved by AI with VFX it would have been unachievable without the use of AI. So a couple of examples, obviously de-aging in The Irishman, which mm-hmm. which is essentially, yeah. you know, I don't necessarily think they use like deep fake technology and stuff, but it's essentially it's, yeah, it's, a, it's AI-like. Look, searching for thousands and thousands of, of of pieces of footage and photos from previous films and grafting it onto actors' faces that could not have been done without AI. Really? And also, um, Josh Brolin for Thanos in Endgame, I think Marvel said AI was just like was absolutely crucial in making that character more lifelike and closer to his performance, and therefore the audience felt more emotionally connected to the character and the film was more successful Is that because as a result. AI can do something that humans can't in that respect? AI, so, for example, in the de-aging thing, mm. it, it AI searches Pesci, Pacino and De Niro's past performances hey. of all these different movies right. and it takes all the different lighting on all the different on their faces and all these older movies where they're much younger and brings it all together to put it on their face when they're acting. And that apparently is not something that yeah. humans... Well, I suppose maybe we could do it, but it would take ages no, yeah, that makes an sense. AI. So it, also, doesn't just, it doesn't just mimic the features of a younger person. It actually... No, no, it just tries to apply face. it onto their face. It's, you know, you still... At the end of the day, you still need a, a fucking Scorsese over of there. Being well, this like, is, this you is... need a Scorsese bot 2.3. Yeah, I think yeah. this is what your Ben Asin mind's standpoint is: is that you need a Scorsese, whereas I think Spire and Louis. I think you need a Scorsese but... right now. <laughs> <laughs> My lawyer chose me to uh, choose these words very carefully. Uh, okay, but here's the other point that I wanted to mention: is and this is this could get philosophical, but isn't it important that humans are at the heart of storytelling? Yes, we don't want robots to be no. at the center of what well, say robots AI at the center of storytelling because otherwise, you know, you get into an, an AI crafts of... your Instagram feed, and it's not the people who make the content that you're watching. It's like it, it's it's such an important part of deciding what it is that you see. So, like, you know, you follow what five hundred people on Instagram, each putting out stuff. It would be absolutely chaotic if you just saw something from everyone. What an AI is doing is deciding what order to show you all of that stuff in right and when so that there's a story that engages you and it works it's proven to work i mean you know ai i think ai needs to be rooted in well for now ai needs to be rooted in in human emotion in the sense that it has to be appealing to humans if you're going to be in the art world right but the idea that humans need to create it i think isn't true ai is perfectly capable of engaging okay so you're saying it's perfectly capable to to tell a story a story not a story no a very engaging one 
Like it's perfectly I, I just capable. Disagree of... Have you with seen that, a film man? that we haven't? <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> no, no, but I, I, but like, so, so in the Instagram example, I'm telling you, I, I, that's not a million miles away from directing a film, right? It's choosing. It's curation of human content. Yeah. That. It's yeah, not yeah, yeah. generating. But I mean, that's how that's how Benjamin's film was made. Okay, so for it, so we should be, to... we should be clear. Benjamin the AI is Benjamin is an AI that is a director that collated hundreds of hours of old movies to kind of collate them into a short film. That was rubbish. Yes. Yeah. The point point <laughs> is so, proving so, our point. <laughs> I think to to direct for AI to be able to direct an AI a, a film, sorry, um, it would just need AI actors because, um, and a director needs to emotionally connect with the actor to to be able to direct. It cannot direct just something he read off the page on Google. You need to. It, it's a, it's almost like a lived in craft. Like you need to kind of feel the shoes of directing. Filmmaking employs thousands of people. That means there's thousands of or well, hundreds and thousands, hundreds of thousands. <laughs> if you don't, essentially steady. Which uh, I'm wondering what a budget on your film is, bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. you know what budget on my film is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I remember getting paid nothing when I was knee deep in the mud in the forest. <laughs> and I'm forever grateful until AI comes and re- replaces me. Replaces me. But it's like a thousand, thousands, thousands of like ideas, not necessarily ideas on a script per se, but ideas on just how the day goes and stuff, and and essentially how the day goes informs how how the film goes. Um, so AI will only be beneficial to the point of corporate companies, investors and shit, because they were like, oh, I want more movies faster um, with some, let's say, more money, uh, probably because that's what they care about. So again, yeah, it, w- it will just be like for essentially just the most kind of like gimmicky reasons. And what the thing, what thing, if you look back at human history, what people don't really fall for is the gimmick. Like the 3D, it was it's been pushed since like the 70s. But Google no isn't a gimmick. St- like uh, you know, if you Google, um... well, I've used Google once. <laughs> Google is if not a gimmick. If you Google something, if if you Google something, <laughs> you use Ask Jeeves, and and it's deciding what you see as a result. You know that that's not a gimmick. That's genuinely useful to people. Oh right, right, no, no. I mean, like some no something that is trying to uh, connect on a human level. So like 3D is meant to immerse you in the experience, right? So people, it is. Yeah. So, okay. So like uh, well, that's the point. That's the purpose of it, whether it achieves mm. it or not. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. More. So um, and people don't fall for that. They don't fall for something disingenuous. We've talked about whether or not it it should, and I think it seems like some of us feel that it could direct. Mm. And actually, would be a thing. And I guess Banas and I are saying that maybe, it, maybe, it, maybe it couldn't. I I just feel like film is so is. I mean, like a lot of like all art, I suppose. Not to get philosophical in that way, but film is so humanistic mm. that you know when you see a great film, it's because you really did emotionally connect with it and connect with that with that point of view or and that performance through the directing, production design, costume design, everything. It's just kind of unfathomable. I feel that AI could ever throw something odd into the mix that would generate something that maybe I hadn't seen before or elicit an emotion from me that that would be sustained over t- over two hours in a way that a normal film does now. Because, like, for example, you know, there's AI being used in film right now, but it's in service of a human vision. And I, ju- I, I guess, like Ben, I said earlier, it's possible that AI could 
direct it's possible that one thing i did read which which was fascinating was that actually it's possible ai could just create a film by itself it doesn't need actors it could do it digitally like it could ai could create a whole scene digitally with actors digitally production design digitally it's almost like it could take every role because it could just keep it all digital i guess the question is is there a story worth telling there and could it because that is kind of what we're, we're getting at right so like, mm. there has to be a story at the heart of it and the story comes from the human emotion and so i'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of unsure how that gets in there when there's ai at the head of that it's like what does it do just pick a does it read joseph conrad's heart of darkness and then kind of adapt it as a side hustle you know i mean um as a side hustle what i do is script script read for um essentially a movie studio right um and like 98 percent of that slush pile is comes through underdeveloped undercooked and what i try to do is offer suggestions on how to make it emotionally and just story-wise more engaging that comes from a yes watching a bunch of films but also understanding what makes something engaging and something worth telling like yeah okay i won't name this script or whatever but it was a story that was just like so small so you know like a it should like it felt like a short film expanded into a 106 page story right like a premise stretched over a... yeah 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 like you could you could yeah. you could have dealt with that in like 15 pages easy right so so what my role in you know in reading and then suggest making the suggestions is um yeah how to get the person on the other side of the screen the audience to engage with it emotionally to find themselves in that situ- in that situation essentially so because with films the the films that you feel most for are ones that you kind of can feel yourself in that situation you know whether it's being chased by a predator or you know um slamming hands with carl weathers again in predator for some reason <laughs> dylan you son of a bitch <laughs> so yeah to you need to be human to understand what puts a human another fellow human emotionally into you know into what they're seeing on the screen to for for them to essentially recommend that film later on nobody is looking to be like Dwayne Rock Johnson because let's face it none of us have the discipline that man is a beast um <laughs> so. I think we'll we'll keep coming back to the same the same issue <laughs> Because <laughs> I'll, 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 yeah. Dwayne Rock Johnson. I'll, I'll always just keep saying that I think that AI is perfectly capable of understanding human emotion theoretically and and of manipulating ah, human emotion theoretically. But yeah, I, yeah. So I, I'm not I, saying I, it can I, do it now. I'm saying that th- it yeah. will be able to do it in the future. I'll just try, I'll just try and quit. But the prob- the problem is, yeah, on on Louis's point, I I would an agree, alliance I, is formed. I, yeah. I would agree on on this big on this issue. On it's this like thing, we're playing risk. I would I would agree with Louis, but it's got the thing is it's it's so far in the future to get. As in, as in, I know, like you can plug it all in and make a script now, but to actually get to the point where they can, where AI can direct and do all this stuff and plug into people's emotions and actually make it like quote unquote a good film, I think it is doable, but it's a long, long way off. We're saying completely, not in some form. We're saying completely, not in ca- collaboration with humans. You, if you, if you're asking whether it can and it could, you need to take the human completely out of it. Well, I mean... Yes, and that's the part I, I agree with you. That's the part I'm like, I don't know how you replace that human part yeah. because how does AI tell a story? But the other thing I was going to say is 
it already somewhat is determining stuff, right? If it's being used in streaming networks and stuff we watch every day and it's all being tailored to us, it already sort of is molding what we want to watch. It is, yeah. but, no, I know, but on a corporate think... level. But it's not creating. Well, it's, it's not, not about corporate. It's... it's about that it's using, it's, it's used in a rational way to kind of, uh, what it does What it does to decide how, what to recommend you on Netflix is not the same thing as deciding how Far to direct it. it. Yeah, it is. A, yeah. I completely accept that. AI created fine art has has is now a thing right so it's like christie's sold their first their first artworks on that were painted by ai a couple of so years who ago. gets the money for that yeah <laughs> it's a good question i guess whoever is it the person the who designs christie's. but as in yeah. and 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 it's really important to understand that the way the ai works there it wasn't somebody sort of saying paint this it was machine learning basically plugging in art like what do people like about art and then it sort of spits something out that then sells for 35 grand or whatever but my point is that if you're saying that the reason it couldn't ever do it is because technology could never possibly understand how to trigger human emotions, of course it could, right? Because it's doing it in the fine art world now. So it's just a question yeah, but of degrees. Um, but trigger human emotions is different, different from in fine writing, art, a whole, yeah. writing a whole Why? script. And, and Dude. Because the script, although a script is emotional and, and its purpose is to trigger human emotions, it still has to... Excite? It still has to come an emotion, from somewhere. Excitement. Yeah, no, but I mean, so what you yeah. said with, with Curse... Uh, Welcome to Christy, the Emotions yeah. podcast. Well, sorry, was it Christy or something like that? Christy's, um, is, a, is it like an art auction house? Yeah, as in they... they right on, right yeah. on. Um, so, yeah, dude, that's like, um, oh, so it's a niche, right? So an AI painted this, I'm going to spend some big bucks on here because it, it's its value in kind of like, it, it increases only. That's what Art World is all about. Increase the value by, you know, the longer you keep the fucking painting. Um film doesn't work the same way you you will you can still get a tarkovsky film uh for like 10 10 pounds essentially right now probably uh dom can always back me up on this <laughs> yeah i know you can you can rent them for less than 10 pounds for less than 10 right um and back the, when it was released you probably had to shell out a couple of good rubles <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Uh, for to you know to to watch to to watch it in a cinema. Yeah. So art uh, art and films do not work the same way. They both are art. Yes, you're right. But and uh, but one is completely. I find yeah. My point is that you could go through it if you went through an art gallery and you saw work that was done by by AI. I don't think you'd be able to tell that it wasn't human. I think you'd be able to see it and you'd feel something. That's a different conversation, though. No, no, no. But I tell you what, here's actually... Here's... The, the point I'm making is that... what, what I guess This is such a philosophical episode. What is art, <laughs> right? What is art? It is, it is creating <laughs> something... Should we title the episode, like, what's the difference? What is art? So, like, what's the difference right now? What's the difference right now between the type of film that an AI makes and the type of film that Scorsese makes? Incoherency. Coherence, okay. Well, Scorsese has a... Has a, has a it has a point of view and a vision a and very an AI sharp point that. of view so, very distinct but what's the result in in the experience of the viewer it, what do you mean basically Sorry, it's that it's good emotion. right it's that it, it, it yeah makes yeah you... so like i said incoherency yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so you understand it you feel something as a result <laughs> of it uh it relates to your own life in some way but understanding leads to feeling something yeah it's because yeah, you yeah, understand yeah. It. exactly fine so but I, there's no reason, theoretically, why a machine couldn't understand the human experience, couldn't trigger an emotion in you, couldn't write a coherent script. 
just it just can't do it right now. I'll agree with you on that, but but I think that it it needs to be completely unleashed to the internet. Yeah, though. yeah, definitely. It needs agree to with understand that. absolutely everything. It can't because be as but humans, I would, we do. Okay, but I would say that if it's just gonna digitally create a film by itself, mm. that's one thing. If filmmaking, which is a collaborative medium with multiple departments, multiple people, if it gets put into that world. Mm. I kind of don't understand how that would... Well, practically, I don't understand how it would work. Would it just be a voice or mm. a robot body? But the other side of it would be, could it collaborate with humans in a way that a human would collaborate like with space other humans? And it, yeah, and if not, would it, is it that Pixar just give it a story and let AI animate a Pixar yeah, film? Yeah, that's a good point. Into, I mean, I, I, un- I understand that there are just like logistical barriers to it working in a, in a live-action film, but Toy Story 16 might be made by an AI. This is the construct. It's our loading program. We can load anything from clothing to equipment, weapons, training simulations, anything we need. Right now, we're inside a computer program? Is it really so hard to believe? Your clothes are different, the plugs in your arms and head are gone. Your hair has changed. Your appearance now is what we call residual self-image. It is the mental projection of your digital self. This... This isn't real. What is real? How do you define real? If you're talking about what you can feel, what you can smell, what you can taste and see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted by your brain. The other thing that I would want to say is um, this quote that I pulled out, which I thought was interesting and talks to something that Louis mentioned earlier, which is says it will even be possible to throw biometric data into the mix, which will be used to tailor the film to an individual's interests, mood and ultimately the way they want the film to make them feel using sensors inside and on the body. The AI will determine the genre, plot, music and ending of the film based on each individual's desires. So wasn't, this is an excerpt from an article that was talking about if AI could create movies. But what I thought was interesting about this was that, to your point, Louis, about I don't disagree that it could create a script and elicit emotion from you. The question is, where does that come from? Does it come from what you were interested in or does it come from somewhere else, which I just don't see how an AI would do that? Which me, which to me is kind of where the best films are, right? Most of the time when you go and see a film that you really love or are surprised by, it's because you have a bit of an inhibition that you might not like it. You know, you might go see a film and be like, I've heard this is good, I don't really know what it's about. And you go and see it and you love it. Whereas if you were going to see a film that you that every single film you saw was always because it was your data was scanned. Yeah, it's like telling you exactly it, what you want to see. Yeah, it's like, and uh, you know, I love, for example, me, I love films that deal with like that the the plot is based around time and loops and perception and identity. I love films Mm -hmm. like that. If it kept feeding me films like that, that would be great. But after a while, it's like, well, I want to watch a Love Actually. But then again, I want to. Is that not another data point? So couldn't it work out that you don't just want to see that? Like, as in, if if it was genuinely scanning in a really real way, it would know that it wants you. You want to be surprised. I mean, yeah, yeah. But then it's like, where do the stories come? Well, exactly. It all all comes down to this thing of like, like what is, what is the like? So the human mind is the most amazing thing (laughs) to have happened, not just on this planet, probably in the universe. Right? It's this incredible tool. So we're quite right to kind of hold it up in high esteem and think. Nothing could ever, ever tread on on our ability to kind of make beautiful things. But what actually is it in reality? It's an incredible 
data mechanism. It can interpret, it can perceive, it can then communicate data and it can transfer it between itself. But that's all it is, you know, from the age of zero, from your first moment on the planet to the last, it's taking in all sorts of data, it's jumbling it around and then it's spewing it out. And when you see a a trigger system, and when you see a film, you're, you're seeing the output of that data machine. So theoretically, and I have to keep saying that theoretically, a machine (laughs) could be made that can do that too. But, um, when you say that a brain is, ah, God, a a brain is just like a database, essentially, you're not completely right because it's a trigger system too. So it yeah it understands. I mean, if we go into defining the brain, yeah, yeah. it's doing. a lot more than yeah, a data yeah, no, and, and, yeah. and no, my point is, um, film uh, and what you see on on the screen. Let's say it's a uh, it's it work. Your brain reacts to it in a kind of like serotonin way. You know, like what makes you happy, what makes you kind of like yeah. So it is it 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 informs a feeling in you. So which makes you triggered to cry to you know yeah um so it's not yeah so it's not just a database you know per se um no i agree it's not a database but i'm saying so, that it's it's formed of data so yeah yeah the data is, is a big part of it you know that's why i remember like to keep those... checking in back here on the film podcast mm. but my <laughs> but point is like sorry sorry you go, you go about yeah, no you go, so yeah. my point is that you know um okay Again, theoretically, mm. um, brains and people that use brains essentially understand one another because they they are of the same component. Essentially, all brains are the same. Yeah. Essentially, uh, you know, f- few few differences and stuff. But it understands how to trigger emotion, and that's not from data. That is from innate feeling of you understanding. Like you can sure. Uh, again, this is another thing I do in scripts. Is um, you you want a sort of a shape to a pace and a structure, meaning uh, to give an example, Terminator is a great example of this. It's a cat, cat, uh, the whole film is a cat and mouse game, and throughout the film, it's it's a little low point where they do some exposition, and then it's a high point of um, of chase, right? And then it's back to exposition again, yeah, and and so on and so on, and it keeps raising. That's what films do. They always raise the kind of like roller coaster, if you will, for you to reach your momentum. And you either cry, break down, like Titanic. Most people do uh, cry because it's just been too much. Like, you know, after a chase, an iceberg hits, blah, 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 blah. They die, whatever. So how do you know that? What do you mean? How do you know that? Where did you learn that? Were you born born knowing that? No, obviously not. Um, I I, I see where you're going (laughs) with this as well. Before you, yeah, as soon as you asked that, I knew where you're going. You're going back to data. Yes, I get it. You learn things as a human being, you do. But just because you know it Hmm. doesn't mean you can achieve it, mainly because, like, everyone can understand this, the the shape of a roller coaster. It's easy. Everyone knows how a roller coaster works. Hmm. But how to implement it, that's why not everyone is a writer, not everyone is a director, not everyone is a a craftsperson, and so on, right? Yeah. Not everyone is a musician. Some people just stick to accounting because they understand numbers. Yeah. Um, so again, yeah, it's, it's not just knowing things. It's no, I know it's it's definitely not just knowing things, but I think, you know, creativity is about the, the, the beautiful alchemy that happens in the human brain where what (laughs) things that you've learned and things that you've just experienced and things that, you know, you've come across kind of combine together to form something that instinctively just sort of feels original to you. 
Instinctively, but, 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 my, yes. my, but I guess my point is that actually at their root, all of those things are data sources. Like all of those oh, yeah. things I mean, are, from, from the kind of when you were two years old, I don't know, you saw something that then your brain had like amalgamated with something that you learned when you were at university. And then that combines with something you heard yesterday. And then suddenly you have this idea, which absolutely to you feels like a free thought actually came it's a into certainty your brain. of being fu- fucked up essentially by life if you will hmm. um so w- how could an ai replicate whether by- in a good way or a bad way you're, you're still you've you've been bruised let's say essentially by life and you inform your your creative decisions by you know essentially your bruises if you will yeah. um because yeah like all it's it's an amalgamation it's a combination of of your life's work or your life experience into into something right yeah so it's not it's not just like you saw uh yeah it's not Chekhov's gun essentially right you didn't see picture <laughs> one picture two and form picture three no it I did know. not happen like that but that's not how machines work either they don't just sort of say well i need this this therefore that but it's it's uh, that they have they for the moment hundreds of millions billions trillions of data sources do you work for an ai corporation <laughs> i mean would a, would a white shirt or, feel have, like a, you do? or have heavy yeah. shares 80 percent of your investment portfolio is in ibm yeah. at this point i mean I to know. bring it to bring it back to movies i i have to i have to think of the times in the imax probably with a christopher nolan movie when i've been on the edge of my seat like loving a scene yeah. and knowing that I'm going to rewatch this scene a million times and loving the acting and feeling the emotion. And I just think about that in this, in this context, this conversation. Yeah. And I think to myself, could an AI, could an AI you know, write memento, could memento such a personal feeling because uh, a machine can never, it will never have this kind of like uh anterior grade memory. It just can't. It either fucks up, fries up and leaves or, you know, continues to evolve whereas a brain can malfunction and essentially what memento is right it's malfunction of the brain so hang on are we kind of saying that maybe louis agrees (laughs) with me and well hang on hang on that doesn't mean that it couldn't (laughs) make a great film i'm just saying theoretically theoretically the investors just called louis had a text while we've been on it being like make him believe it um it would be a real shame we have a uh we have an iWOD that Sparrow's thrown in for this app. This is a ra- this is a this is a rogue iWOD. But this is a rogue there episode. Is a bigger, this is a rogue <laughs> episode, but there is yeah, a, I won't go there is a about bigger, the meaning of life over here. To be fair, to be fair, I'm not I'm not going to go into like, to too much detail. But actually, that book you mentioned earlier, Benas, um, was it Life three point Life three point Yeah, 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 yeah. Not Big Hero three. The um, <laughs> the um, there's a basically a theory. I don't I don't think this is necessarily addressed in that book but there is this and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do a big hash job of this like theory but there is a sort of theory that the whole everything we live in is basically you know, like the sims is some other greater beings game like the matrix yeah mm. so it's not inconceivable that in fact we are living in some weird movie like from some higher being um mm. yeah so that there's theory the- through like I was yeah. Gonna, if we're th- living in a simulation, I think it's a good place to end it though. But if we are going, if we are living in a simulation, then it begs the question: We technically already are being directed by AI. <laughs> so I was going to add to that. Um, let me just add on to Sparrow's point here. Um, it's kind of an iWood, not really an iWood, whatever, because I didn't know there was a fucking iWood. <laughs> so uh, you know, usual suspects. The film. There's a line that says. Uh, the greatest trick that the devil ever pulled was to prove he doesn't exist. Mm. So, if this is a simulation, 
um, and them feeding us the information of like, okay, kind of giving us doubt that whether it is real or it isn't, it's kind of literally the same as God or no God, God or no God, whatever. Um, that definitely is a yeah. We need episode. to do that one separate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not going yeah, near yeah, that yeah. right now. Let's just let's just steer away from that. <laughs> but yeah, it's basically uh, the the I word is um, the sim- simulation feeding us this information for us to think that we're freely thinking, whereas it's really just. But hang on, in that in that scenario, Sparrow and I going anywhere near this. <laughs> in that in that scenario, Sparrow and I are the are the free thinkers. Who are who are who are wary of of the AI, <laughs> and you and Dom are the slaves of AI. Who are like, yeah, no AI doesn't exist. No, man. no, you're mo- much more like Agent <laughs> Smith, and me, me and Dom are like Neo and Morpheus. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're like you're you're like the guys who take the blue pill. <laughs> AI doesn't exist. You're still man. Agent Smith. Yeah, fine, I'll take that. <laughs> Fair enough. As a as a kind of ending thing, was anyone else surprised at how much filmmaking is kind of automated already to some degree? Because that um, really surprised me. I, I, I felt research, like filmmakers' yeah. industry that would that would be untouched uh, to some degree. Well, but... I knew about the Netflix uh, kind of streaming thing, but also yeah. know that they actually select their scripts based on AI. Um, so what would sell? What wouldn't mm. sell? Um, because I mean, they... yeah. What was it? <laughs> they released in twenty eighteen. They released what seven hundred shows and eighty films. I think it was. Like it's also really like number. this is looping back to that point i made it right at the beginning about how artificial intelligence is it's such a broad term and like where does yeah. just automation stop and artificial intelligence begin because you, you could sort of argue that you know something that automatically organizes organizes a, a, a schedule. schedule right it's probably it's not really our intelligence in the sense that that we're familiar with, that we're talking about it when we're thinking about it on a human level. It's automation, and that's been around for a couple hundred years. So, uh, yeah, but and th- there has to be a line where it kind of becomes wait, intelligent. Wait, a couple hundred years? Yeah, automation. You know, the spinning jenny's been automated yeah, for 200, 250 years. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, so the like, broader sense of automation, yeah. not <laughs> computer-level yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, yeah, so, like, you know, someone organizing your calendar is an intelligence. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, because I, f- I feel like intelligence has to offer you an alternative or yeah. you know it has to i think so it's about that stuff the up, point around like multiple data but it's not just a single thing that it does it can kind of because like if you if yeah. you yeah if you serve like netflix sorry don i know you you, you will cut to some i just want to say like right now and for a while at least uh because ai isn't just like anyone can do it and it whatever it's up, up for grabs um, it does need to be kind of regulated in a sense. Um, so, because then, you know, the, per- the first person that made AI, they could be like, yo, I'm plugging this shit to, to the internet. Ultron, here we go. Mm. Um, no, so every kind of like AI right now is actually just filled with a purpose. So, um, yeah. th- whether that is previs, whether that's kind of like loading our eyeballs with Liam Neeson films, or, you know... <laughs> um, Whatever it may be, it still is. It's in service of in, a human yeah, in, ser- in service right. of essentially. Well, from the from where I'm standing and from what I research, it's in service of dollar bills. Yeah, right. It so everything. In conclusion, in conclusion, <laughs> we feel that theoretically, at some point, AI could write and direct. But for the time being, no, that's like we'll fifty be... of the podcast crew. Hey, man, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. we just won the, win the argument, Sparrow. <laughs> 
yeah. Dom's just come to our Another side. He's like, going, theoretically, I, I'm saying the hell. theoretically, you could. <laughs> champagne. But yeah, the real Jesus. But yeah, the real ben the real outtake out is. Now. Would Would you really want it? So That's therefore, the I'm like <laughs> my <laughs> personal my personal Dom's outtake wrap is that. <laughs> my personal take is that I, I I don't think I don't think I would want to watch a film that has been purely, purely conceived by AI. Except the machine, but c- Dom. Could, could but could it could it theoretically happen? Yes, but also Benos did say that earlier. So. Um, no, could it make a film uh, a Tarkovsky type film? No, no, absolutely no way. not. That is all. But that's human funny. Emotions. It's funny. It's funny. We draw the line at a certain director because Tarkovsky, oh, and, Tarkovsky and is such. And Nolan, he could never make. Like, it could easily do ten at two. But but te- but technically, every director is unique in their vision. So how could it be? How could it recreate? <laughs> any director's Easy. film. I'm almost feel like Easy. we're going let's yeah, start that's, again. That's, that's, that's Hi, I'm Louis and I'm... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what we've right. concluded hey. is Louis has... Ser- 80% of Louis' portfolio is in an AI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, guys, this has been a hell of an episode. Such an open question episode. This, this has been a... This has been a big app. Yeah. yeah, next time, is there a god? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a... You should just label this app can in of filmmaking. worms. Yeah. Well, can of worms. Uh, yeah. Louis, to, to answer your question real quick right now. Yes, there is. Uh, if you're not aware, JC did make Thunder Road. Oh! Just oh! oh! leaving it okay, at that. Yeah, that's a high. You got to mention at JC. Got to mention JC. Episodes. Yeah, we got to mention JC every episode. He gets a shout out. Yeah. Jim Cummings, Thunder Road. Jim, let us know what you think about AI. Yeah. On Netflix. We're 50 50 It hasn't been recommended yet. Oh, I need to shout out to the socials. You're right. <laughs> You've um, made it okay. through this. That's right. <laughs> You've made it through. We've got all corporate now. We've got all corporate. Um, all Thanks right, to our well, sponsors. That sounded like such a cool... <laughs> that, did, that did sound like an actual sponsor. Um, all right. Well, look, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Robin. <laughs> I am still a human unless Louis starts <laughs> That's what you shares in, into me. It's, go- <laughs> it's goodbye from Big Hero 6, a.k.a. Sparrow the slave to AI. Yeah, loving it. Bye-bye. Plugged to the machine. And it's goodbye from Lupus at Chalafastialistic Espialagos... I can't say Agent that. Smith. <laughs> goodbye from Louis, who who has 80% of his investment in AI stocks. <laughs> <laughs> we will be enjoying human-made films for the time being until everything God, talk slowly <laughs> becomes... Until everything improves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna end this now. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.